Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Peace of My Mind podcast, P-E-A-C-E. I'm Cynthia Beaudry, and this is the place where I share with you guys a piece of my mind on topics that will hopefully encourage you and encourage your walk with the Lord Jesus. For this episode, I invite my friend Lindsay into the conversation, and we talk more in depth about my experiences with the occult. I realized after the last episode that it should be a two-part series, and hearing some of your questions and thinking more on the topic, there are still some things that I would like to share with you guys about my experiences with the supernatural and the occult. But I want to first and foremost remind us and start this podcast episode with Jesus's words when he says, do not rejoice that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are are written in heaven. So we start this conversation by giving thanks and praise and rejoicing that yes, demonic powers, principalities, evil spirits, they obey us in his name. But the bigger yes is that we live from a place of joy and purpose because we are in his kingdom. We have been brought out of darkness and we are recipients of his love and we're adopted into his family. And that's a real testimony. And that is the reason we rejoice today. With that said, spiritual warfare is real. We should be equipped, we should be ready, and we should be aware on this topic. So without further ado, here's my friend Lindsay and I, where we will be talking and discussing more on the subject of the occult and spiritual warfare. Thanks for listening. So let's start this with an introduction. I want I want everybody to know who you are and how we know each other. So you want to go and explain this? Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. What do I, Lindsay? Yes. How, how 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 do we know each other? So we were roommates in college, and we lived together in Opelika. And all right, um, but where's Opelika? Because these people are gonna Opelika, be. Li- these people are Alabama. Okay. Opelika, Alabama. Yeah, can you, they could probably the tell projects, by your accent. In the projects of Opelika. We were in the projects. That to me, that project. was like an upscale neighborhood. <laughs> no. I thought I had arrived. Yeah. So. I mean, I think our first time ever meeting was. I think we talked on the phone for the first time and you like preached to me like Holy Ghost. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I was like, Shanda, I was like, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm going to Alabama. She's going to be my roommate. And I just I just felt like you were my Alabama twin, my southern twin. Yeah. And ever since then, that's been a long time. Yeah. It has been. Yeah. And it's been a lot of ups and downs oh, and talking and not talking and yeah. then coming back with exactly where we left off. And that's, I think that's how you can tell what a true friend is. That's true. Is where you haven't talked to each other in, in months and you just pick right up where you just left off. That's true. I agree with you 100%. So listen, I wanted to talk about, because you, after I did my, my podcast on the occult. Yes. You yes. sent me a message and you were just like, I need, I need more. I have tons of questions. I did. I, did. I, I was like, no, 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 no. You can't just lead us to the very edge of the cliff. And then, and then, you know, <laughs> really, like, was it that? No, that no, it was, it was huge. It was huge. And I noticed that there were some other people who were saying the same thing too. Okay. Yeah. So like I said in that, that episode, I don't like to share, I don't like to share the spirit, the dark spiritual stuff because to be honest, like the dark spiritual realm is only a small fraction of the spiritual realm. Right. Of like, course. It says one third of the angels fell. And so there, there's course. still like a massive amount of more good and mm-hmm. holiness and heavenly. And that's where I want to focus. And I don't, yeah. don't want to give glory to that. But also because I know a lot of people haven't had my experiences. And so I don't ever want to come across as like superior. And, mm-hmm. and like I've. You do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I do. I know I do. I, I'm so just I, kidding. I have no. I do. I have to really work hard at you know not making people feel like they're less than that because they haven't had these experiences that I have. No, no. And so, if you do think that you, do, it doesn't come across. Okay, good. Because I'm like I'm. I know I'm woke, but you know I can't. You know I can't show it off, right? But no, because Brian Brian's never had like manifestations the way I have had. And yeah. I don't ever want him to think that his faith is is inferior to mine because it's not at all. Mm-hmm. And for me, like his testimony is that he's been kept, he's pre- been preserved. He hasn't that's had great. drama, trauma, and baby mama. He hasn't had that. <laughs> and so, to me, that's that's a test. Like that's a powerful supernatural testimony that you were saved from all experiencing all that darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, but I also uh, I also have, am in the tension of. I do have these really intense and profound experiences that I've had in my life and I should share them to give glory to God. Right. You have to, you have to, because honestly, I mean, 
everything good, bad, ugly, everything is supposed to be turned around to give glory to him because he's the one who allowed you to endure that situation in the first place. Right. So everything is coming back around full circle to what he's doing in your life and how you learn through it. And then not only that, but and this is what I was trying to get at was wanting to know more of your story, even though I've heard it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who could, I mean, benefit from what you're having to say um, on a larger scale because what you have experienced is more full force today than ever before. Oh, right. That's that's a that's a good point. So, and there was even parts of my story that I didn't even know that that you didn't even know. You know, no, like we're still getting to know each other mm-hmm. even after all these years. So this is mm-hmm. a. This, I think this is something that can actually enrich both of us into growing into deeper friendship too where we so that's why mm-hmm. I, that's why I said when you asked me all these questions I was I said I'm just gonna have you on and we're just gonna talk about it like we would normally because we're friends yeah and just yeah. record it and just have it be a conversation with each other mm-hmm. um, so some of the conversation may make sense and it may not yeah. So. Hopefully it makes more sense than not, but yeah. Or if not, I'll edit it to make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Uh, very reason why I was like, let's, you and I do this. We have a good time anyway. And so we might as mm -hmm. well just hit record and and just talk about it. But before you go, you asked me the questions that you had for me. Um, I wanted to talk about, because you mentioned this whole week has been kind of, you've been super, super sensitive to the occult and to darkness. I have, I have so much. I can't, like, really? Like, yeah, I haven't told Michael hardly any of this because I don't want it to come off as oppressive. I don't want it to come off as, like you were saying, if you speak it, it gives a foothold. And I don't really want that in my house. Mm-hmm. And so it was um, shortly after I listened to your last podcast. And I was listening to it and coming up with all these questions like, what, you know, um, what does this mean? And, and going through my Bible and is this even possible that this could even be happening? And of course it is, you know, because it's happened to not only her, but to other people as well. But I think it was maybe two or three days later, I was in a hotel room um, with the family in Georgia and I went to sleep that night and I had a dream. Okay. This was a few days after listening to your podcast, but I had a dream that um, Satan was in my dream and he wasn't, ugly he wasn't scary he wasn't anything like he was beautiful but it wasn't a person it was like an entity like a a, a, like I knew he was there Mm -hmm. but I couldn't see his face I couldn't see his clothes I couldn't see anything but um I remember in this dream that I was constantly on the run from Satan who was trying to come after me and he was trying to find me hold on Hmm. hold on hold on hold on before you even go further hold on Okay. Because you remember that in my last podcast. Now I'm getting New York right here. Okay. Oh, Lord. You remember my last podcast. I said it specifically. I had a dream about the Satan Satan coming. What you're saying right now, like, is giving me chills because that's that's the exact same setup to what I had. Okay. Okay. Well, I want it to be known that I listened to it once. And I listened to it half in the morning and then the other half in the afternoon. And then, but I never even told you the was, details. No, no. But I'm saying like it was like two days, two or three days after. And I remember asking Michael, I was like, "Hey, did you ever listen to Cynthia's podcast that I shared? Because it was really, really good." He's like, "No, I never listened to it. Left it alone. That was all that came of it. Nothing." Wait, two so or fin- three days. Later. But finish telling me the dream. Okay, yeah. So two or three days later, this happened. Okay. Okay. So somehow in the dream, I knew that he was there, and so I was running. But it's like I was kind of like nonchalantly walking, but I knew that he was coming, and I was in a danger. And I was in a danger. I was in a danger. I was in a danger. Lord, my soul was my soul was on the line. But I was standing there. I'm like, okay, I need to go. And then, but like, I'm moving like a sloth, like the whole time in the move in in the movie in my head. You know, like right. I'm I'm trying to run and I'm trying to go, but it couldn't go. And so I remember telling people in my dream, I've got to go. Satan's coming. And then I remember waking up and I was going to message you, but this is how I knew it was in my sleep because I rolled over and I was like, I'm going to message her and let her know that I'm becoming oppressed, that Satan is after me because I'm listening to this, you know? So I was like, I need to roll over and I need to message you. Yeah. And as soon as I rolled over, I was like, that couldn't have been Satan in my dream because 
well, maybe it was Satan in my dream because I woke up and I wasn't scared because of that. So what do you think the dream signifies or what, what does it mean? The only thing that I can think of is I'm starting to get back to where I used to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that means I'm going back into my warfare adventures. Yes. Going back into my ghost adventures and going back into um, my haunting stuff and um, thinking of. Wait, so is this good or bad? No, it's bad. And I think that that was kind of God's way to shake me up a little bit. Right. That, you know what? Um, Satan's coming. He's coming after you. You're doing it slowly. Mm. You're moving slowly back to me, but you're not moving fast enough. Mm. And you know the dangers that are coming to you, and you know what you're watching, and you know what you're listening to, and you know what's coming out of your mouth, but you're not running. Mm-hmm. You should be running from this. It's in a danger. <laughs> I'm in a danger. I'm in a danger. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Because do you remember when we were living together in Opelika? Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember? I think it was one night where you got a phone call. We were hanging out. Oh, yeah. I remember and, that. Yeah. <laughs> All we you got, had to yeah. say was phone call. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We got the phone call. Yeah. And it was some very bad stuff going on. Yeah, you could and feel it. You could even feel it in our house. Yeah, you could feel it because we were yeah. in a different apartment. And then we walked back down to our apartment. And I mean, all I remember was just horrible, horrible stuff going on. And I remember sitting on the couch and I was praying. And you were, you know, over there, you know, <laughs> thing. And then you had other people over there who was like bringing out the oils and bringing out for real. I mean, I mean, everything. we were doing business but that night. Yes, yep. yes, warfare. But I remember though that night I had gone back to my bed, and I remember this plain as day. We were both working at the Christian bookstore, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like Satan doesn't matter. His demons do not care. And so for many, many years, and even all the way up until you said something just a few minutes ago, does it make sense now? But it was that night that it happened and I was um, laying in my bed and I was asleep. I remember I was flat out asleep and I can see where my head was. I can see straight, even right now, through the hallway to the washer and the dryer. The hall light was on. You were asleep in your I, room. Yeah, we left the hall light on, didn't we? We did. We left yeah. the hall light that on. That night was like, we were like, we yeah. were like it's, an, it's in a danger. <laughs> we could leave the lights we, on. We're going to put oil on everything. Exactly. We were like, we don't know if we need to get up in a hurry. Yeah. If we're going to trip over something, Seriously. we need to make sure that, you know, Serious. we're going to be able to get out in a hurry just yep. in case. And so I could see out the door and I rolled over and I couldn't move. And I looked up and there was this tall black. You saw it? Hooded swear. You saw it. You saw Bible. it. I remember you told me yes. this. Yes. But I forgot the details. So, okay. So it was a super tall, really skinny, um, uh, hooded black figure. Yeah. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And I saw, I saw two glowing eyes. What's up and with that? It, it, I don't these, know. Come on. Don't know. Enough with the glowing I don't eyes. I don't know. But it did. It looked like two little. <laughs> no, I know. I, I believe you. I've seen the glowing eyes. I know. <laughs> I know. It looked like two little LED Christmas lights. That's yeah, that's, could, that's exactly what it is. Some puny LED lights. And the, yeah. and the Lord, his, the train of his robe <laughs> fills, <laughs> fills the temple with glory. Okay? And all you got is LED lights, right? I rebuke you in the and name of Jesus. And they're battery powered. They're yes, not seriously. Even, they're not even plugged in. And they're, they're with bootleg powered. batteries. They're not even energizers. Exactly. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they're the Dollar Tree batteries. Yes. But, um... So I just I remember seeing this this dark figure and it was standing over me and then all of a sudden I had the same thing that you were just now talk, talking about Brian. I was trying to call out because when I was yes, little sleep paralysis. Yes, I was trying to call out because I was when I was little my mom would always say if you're scared always say the name of Jesus's name out That's loud. That's right. That's right. And That's the good advice. Have to flee. Good mm-hmm. job, so mom. Anytime I ever 
get scared or something, I just say his name out loud. So I tried to do that. And I was laying there and I tried my hardest and I could not mm-hmm, move. Mm-hmm. I could not say, I couldn't even breathe his name. And when I couldn't breathe Jesus's name, I knew I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so I, I couldn't move. I couldn't move. And I just remember I was just kind of talking like this and I was trying so hard. And I vaguely like kind of remember kind of breaking myself out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Um, and I remember I ran to your room. You don't remember that, do you? I don't remember that, no. I ran to your room, and I sat down on your bed, and I told you what happened. And you were like, okay. And then you went back to sleep. And then I told you the story <laughs> again the next morning because you said you because you said something about, you know, how would you sleep or something at, at, at work. And, and I was like, um, my throat's kind of hurting. <laughs> and then I remembered mm. um, that – something had me by the throat I felt like Mm -hmm. and so the whole rest of the day I was sucking on cough drops and then had a heating pad on my neck when I got home and weird so it it was weird and so I'm wondering if that was kind of the same thing have you seen this documentary called the nightmare okay you sent it to me I did never watch yeah you sent it to me like oh goodness it was a while back Okay, but yeah, it's on. I it's never a tw- watched 2015 it. documentary. So the whole documentary is testimonies of people that have sleep paralysis, is what they call it. But it's not just sleep paralysis. It's exactly what you just just described. It's exactly what I described that Brian experienced. It's like this demonic entity that comes and just completely paralyzes you, right? Oh, that's fun. So there's testimonies and testimonies and testimonies, and then they like interview scientists and doctors and no one can say anything about it like there's no explanation we don't know demons you could probably take these pills blah 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 and then the end of the documentary this is not even a christian document documentary the end of a documentary this woman she starts talking about she always had sleep paralysis she always had sleep paralysis and then one night she was like enough and something inside her told her to pray to jesus and she starts praying to jesus and she says and my sleep paralysis broke and i have never had sleep paralysis again and i am born again on fire for jesus and you guys need to hear that the cure for sleep paralysis is jesus and believing in him and putting your faith in him and then boom they ended the documentary i know yes i was like exactly this woman, I love that they gave her a testimony. They gave her a platform yeah. because she, no one could give any kind of cl- conclusion or explanation as to what was going on. And she just pulled out, it's demonic, it's satanic, and Jesus is the only solution. And until you try him, you're going to keep suffering. So you best to try him now. Oh, my goodness. For real. She had the, she had the answer. Oh, she did. I know. That's for sure. It's a real creepy documentary, but I, I watched the whole thing. And then the end was like, yes, that's right, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It was good to end on that on that note, you know. So. Yeah, because I mean, if you're watching this two part series and then you get the very end of it, it's like, well, we really don't know what caused. No, it. it's awful. And then here comes yeah. the credits, you know. That's yeah, horrible. I know. So I I hope people that experience it, like you got the the advice from your mom. You know, Jesus yeah. is the solution for those types of moments. And so I hope that people watching it, anybody that experiences sleep paralysis, it's demonic, it's Satan oppressing and, and attacking you, and you need to cry out to Jesus because he's what can break it and set you free from sleep paralysis. Okay, did you ever do the Ouija board? Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Did I not talk, did I not talk about it? Yeah, I think I did oh. a little bit. Did you? Okay. I've, I've never done it. So. Don't, don't do it. Seriously. No, and, and no, don't, no, 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 no. Don't do the tarot cards and don't do the shows. If you're curious about that stuff, take your Bible and wage war in your prayer closet and do spiritual stuff there. God will give you revelation and insight and he'll give you access into his realm of things. Because um, we, I feel like we are curious and we have an appetite for it because we, there's a part of us that is supernatural and designed to, to be in that, to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just need to do it with the Lord and under his constraints and his parameters for it because right. we open ourselves up to oppression. If we do it on our own strength and if we do it in the, uh, the, in an ungodly manner. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I, when I was 13, I asked, I asked my grandma for a Ouija board and my grandma was raising me with her partner. And so she was, she spoiled me. She's like, your mom, your mom's a crackhead. Your dad's murdered. <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> you you, you want to go, you want to go? Okay, sure. Whatever. Um, so I was 13 and I said, grandma, you know, I want a Ouija board. It, Cause it says, I think it says, parker brothers on it it does it's a like a like a game you can buy it's next yeah. to like trouble and life oh i know and 
And so that's... And they put it on the bottom. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you've ever noticed, but they put it on the bottom shelf so the kids are, like, right there to it. Oh, right I, I never noticed that, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's it's super... It looks it looks super benign. And my grandma was like, oh, mm-hmm. sure, no big deal. And she's, she wasn't even a believer at the time. She she actually got saved on her deathbed. But, but when I started doing the Ouija board in the house, I didn't tell her what was going on. I didn't tell her the experiences that I was having. I... Because I used to have nightmares all the time, but the the nightmares intensified even more grotesque and demonic while I was doing the Ouija board. So, and I didn't want to tell her because I knew it. I knew it was like I knew it was from the Ouija board. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. want I didn't want her to take away the Ouija board, and I didn't want her to know what was going on because I thought that the Ouija board was going to give me this portal, this access, so I can speak to my dad. Because your dad, because yeah. you 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 supposedly quote unquote summon spirits, so you can talk to the dead with with the Ouija board through the, through the mm-hmm. Ouija board, and mm-hmm. and that was my hope. I just wanted to talk to my dad, and every time I would do it, a demon would pop up. I didn't know it was a demon, but a demon would pop up and start talking all these blasphemes against God, and mm. just continuing to put so 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 seeds of 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 anger and discontentment with God in my heart. Mm-hmm. And then one day um, I just kept getting more frustrated because I just want to experience my, my dad. And I kept coming across every time I would log in, kind of log in. I don't know. <laughs> Back then is not log in, <laughs> but every time I would log into it, you know, someone else would appear and, and start talking to me. And I was like, this is, this is annoying me. And so I, I would keep trying. I just want to talk to my dad. Mm-hmm. All that to say, my grandmother comes to me one day and I was 13, so it was, you know, about a month in after I turned 13. And she said, you need to get rid of that board. Mm. <laughs> she wasn't even a Christian. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, there's something going on, and I don't like it, and this board needs to get out of my house oh, now. Oh, my goodness. And so, and come to find out, everybody in the house was having nightmares during that whole Shut month. Up. And she was having wicked dreams. <gasps> and she knew she knew it was because I started with the Ouija board in the house. Yeah. Oh and, my goodness. I know. So I, I I was experiencing conversations. I was actually having conversations with demons. I didn't know it at the time, but I was having conversations. But everyone in um, my house could feel the presence of what right. was going on. So yeah, I've done the Ouija board. And then after that time, I was like, well, I didn't get to talk to my dad. Fine, I'll just throw it away anyway. I was kind of <laughs> I was kind of annoyed with it but at that time anyway. So right. I did get rid of it. And the, the dreams, I still had nightmares, but they weren't as grotesque as it, they were that month when right. when the Ouija board was in the house. I threw it away. Oh, I threw it in the dumpster goodness. downstairs. Yeah. Did you? I had a, um, I had a sat- satanic Bible. What? Somebody, yeah, yeah. Where? How? <laughs> I was working at a place it was shortly after we got uh, Michael and I got married and there was a, a girl that I was working with and she was given one of those and I said no you come over to my house we're gonna burn it <laughs> good and so she comes over and we go outside and we try to sit in the driveway and try to light that thing on fire and it would not light. you're lying I had took a video of it I, I um, really I mean I believe yeah. you because that stuff happens yeah. about 10 minutes or so it would it would it would light but then it would continue it would like uh, fizzle out yeah 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 and then you know and paper supposed paper it. just blow yeah. up supposed and to it, just... it was a, i know and it was an older book and it took a, it i mean it never fully burned so i kicked it down the sewer but. oh my word <laughs> yeah i know now you mentioned something called um santeria yeah santeria yeah 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 santeria santeria so can you kind of go into a little bit more besides Wikipediaing? You know the yeah. information. So, m- my grandmother and partner they didn't actually p- like fully participate in it, but it's a part of Latino c- culture in the sense of it, it's just part of it's normal. It's just something that you you do and you or you let happen if you're in the mm-hmm. family. If you someone you know someone is in your family is actually more serious about it than you are, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there's just little things like when I was born, they put this bracelet on and it had a black hand. It's like, it's really creepy. <laughs> um, it's an amulet. And so that Santeria, they just believe that the black hand on my wrist is going to protect me and keep me from danger as a child. So just little things like that, like amulets and um, putting cups of water around the house to absorb n- n- negative spirits. Um statues of saints so it's a blend of 
of it, Catholicism. It, yeah, so, yeah, okay. exactly. And they'll say they believe in Jesus and they pray to Jesus. So you think you can be really kind of deceived in it because it's like, oh, wow, yeah, Jesus. But then there's all these occultic practices within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got old enough, I thought that I was like, man, this this cup of water under my bed. This is so stupid. Because <laughs> they were saying they would tell me that each bubble signified um, an, an, a, an evil spirit or a bad you know, energy. And yeah, I'm, what? No, hold on. And I'm taking biology class. I'm 12 years old. I'm taking biology class. And I'm like, that's just oxygenated, you know, <laughs> bubbles in the water. It's not, you know, it's not some some demon. And so I just, I, 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 I didn't really respect it. I didn't have a respect yeah. for it. But, however, I did have um, one of my, my aunts, quote unquote aunts. She's just a family friend, but she was there from when I was born. Mm-hmm. She actually owned a Santeria shop. So you can oh. you could go into the shop and get, I mean, uh, herbs, amulets, statues, books, candles, all that so kind of stuff. So you had you had a foot in as soon as you were born. Oh, I remember! I remember as a kid just you know. going to her store and hanging out there and and just mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and touching the, this and touching that and yeah. just being a kid and just be like, this is you know, it's a, basically a shop of idols. And it's absolutely creepy <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> um, and she would have, because she owned the store. So she, if you go to her house, her house was actually like a little mini Santeria shop. <laughs> and so you would walk in and there was like tons of statues everywhere. And I remember <laughs> sleeping in, because I would go over to sleep over. And I remember just being absolutely terrified. Because mm-hmm. the, <laughs> even though it was just like, it's a statue of Mary, it's a statue of St. Joseph or whatever, whatever. I just uh-huh. felt like there's something not there's something evil in it and about it, and I would and I would when I slept there I would sleep with my face the other way because I didn't even want to look at it. It was just too frightening for me. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a part of the culture and a part of my life growing up, and I didn't fully buy into it. I didn't really like it, but it also desensitized me to occultic practices. Uh, right, and that was going to be one of my next questions: is mm-hmm. is that practice considered um, uh, not a demonic thing, but is it considered? Oh, absolutely, it is demonic. Is it? Okay. Yes, okay. absolutely, it is demonic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, whenever you add Jesus plus something else, that's a false mm. gospel. That's that's an antichrist gospel. Mm-hmm. So if you if you need an amulet or you need a statue, that's demonic because we don't need anything but Jesus and what He did on the cross and believing. Right. That. So. Right. Yeah. And, and, and even like, I remember sleeping in her apartment, like feeling dark, dark energy, dark demons or whatever it is. And I would sleep Mm -hmm. there with other, uh, other cousins and they would feel the same thing. And we would just be like huddled in together, just frightened of all her stupid statues. Wow. (laughs) So ridiculous. But it's crazy though, because you know, kids are super sensitive. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, we were. Yeah, for sure. And and so when they, when, when you started feeling that way and it wasn't just you, it was everybody else, you know, it it just kind of lets you know right there that innocence that you guys had, that you were being exposed to something dark. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because no one told me you should be mm -hmm. afraid of these statues. If anything, it was like, oh, these are statues from her store. They protect you. Exactly. There was completely the opposite was told to us. Right. But I still was terrified. And I remember even telling my grandma, I'm not, I don't want to sleep there anymore. I'm just, I would, I wouldn't sleep. I would have my insomnia. Like ever since I, I was tormented with insomnia for a long time. And so um, eventually I stopped. I didn't want to go there. Okay. So like, I think the second or third time we were actually hanging out, we were finished moving in and then you sat down and you were, started telling me, you know, that you used to be in, you know, with Wicca. And I was like, what and then so you started telling me like these really cool stories <laughs> meanwhile I'm like oh this is so cool and then after everybody left and it was just me and you and the lights were out I was like what did I do but you just signed the lease oh no I took the mirror yep. but <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I remember you saying um, that when you started you know getting rid of everything and, and you were you know, throwing stuff out and burning things. And you had this one little vial. Yeah. Um, so I, I talked yeah. about that the last. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You, you talked about that, but you didn't go into grave detail because there was a few things that I remember you telling me that you didn't tell in the story. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, 
you said, um, well, the story that I've been told mm-hmm. is that um, you had the vial and you didn't know that you had it. And then when you found it, right. when you found it, you were like, immediately, we've got to get rid of this. And so you had our friend who was rather large and tall and strong mm-hmm. try to stand on it. Yeah. And tried, tried oh, to yeah. stand he used, on it. You know how big he is. Yeah. He yeah, couldn't, yeah, yeah. He couldn't break it. Kind of like the Bible. The, no satanic bible thing didn't get destroyed yeah, yeah yeah couldn't 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 crush it couldn't and it was a glass bottle and it wouldn't break totally and when that happened i can't remember did you take the top off to pour it down the toilet or something yes but it it got open somehow i think this hot came off and then as soon as that happened oh all of a sudden the growl like this well no no like the growl demonic. was late the growl was a little bit later okay but yes I've heard a lot of stories, so I want to clarify that. Yeah, I can I can retell it with a little bit more detail. Please do. So I subconsciously I knew I had the vial. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those oh. things. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more mature, and I can kind of I can yeah, look back it's a, and it's an old picture of a boyfriend in a drawer that's like nobody's knows that it's there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know it's there, but then you don't. You know, you try to play it off. Yep. I, I had it because I, I, I became a Christian and I fanatically threw away. I mean, I had heavy metal CDs. I had CDs with like d- demonic stuff on and books, all these kinds of things. Um, and I threw away everything, but I didn't throw away that that vial. Okay. And it was just a justification in the sense of it smells. It smelled so good. Mm-hmm. It, was, mm-hmm. it was like the one of the most intoxicating sense you would ever smell and it was a love potion and so um i had actually used it and even though i used it when i was in the occult and when i used it it was it was it it came with a price and i'm trying to see if i can describe that with uh um it came with a big price it i used it and it worked but it came with a price that's all i can say Okay. Um, at least publicly right mm-hmm. here because people are still involved and they're still around and I don't want to defame them and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Anyway, all that to say, I, I used a love potion on a friend and it worked. Okay? Gotcha. Um, but it worked in a very perverted sense. And okay. even though I knew that and it was an awful, horrible, tragic experience that I had with it, I still kept it. I don't know why. You know, it's like, well, I don't you would think I would have learned my lesson and especially coming to the Lord and seeing his power and knowing that he is more powerful. You think I would have just got rid of it, but I didn't, I just kept it tucked away and Mm -hmm. just thought, well, it just smells good. I won't use it with the same intentions because back then I would use it with the intentions of seducing someone or winning someone over. And so I said, no, one day I'll probably just put it on just to smell good. Not because I want you guys to be attracted to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, so I kept it and, and then I remember just feeling the more I grew with the Lord and one day I just went to go put my makeup on and I just felt the Holy Ghost conviction on me heavy. Like you need to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. And then when I told our friend that I had it in the house with us, he said, get it out of my, <laughs> get it out of my house. <laughs> what did you do? Why would you bring that here? I mean, rightly so. Yeah. Um, and I remember opening it, opening it up and the smell permeated the whole apartment. And he was oh. like, Whoa, like, I was like, no, Lord, protect him. <laughs> I was like, no, Lord, I don't want this to like work on because that's not what I was using. I didn't want to use it on him. I did not want to use it on him. <laughs> Hold like, your nose. I was like, Lord, please don't let it work on him. Lord, cancel the cancel these pla- cancel these intentions. Escape, escape, yes. escape. escape. <laughs> but it smelled up the whole apartment and it smelled good like you just like mm, like mm, you want to keep sniffing it and i was like no 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 like open the windows and that's what we did we had open the windows in the middle of winter we opened the window oh my god because it permeated permeated the whole apartment and then we tried to get rid of it several different ways banging it finally you know uh opened it i mean you opened it but that's how, how it smelled the house but we wound up just taking it to the dumpster outside mm-hmm. wrapping it up in an empty bottle and and then I just, um, and, but 
all through that time while we're getting rid of it or trying to get rid of it, there's manifestations happening, like glowing eyes, cabinets closing and opening. And Nuh-uh. yes, yes, what? absolutely crazy. You had a sixth sense thing done in your kitchen. It was crazy. What? And 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 that's why I was like, OK, I'm getting rid of it. OK, I'm ready, Lord, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I'm ready. And so I remember, like, we saw the glowing eyes. We saw the glowing eyes, and we were like, oh, his mom, she's probably smoking a cigarette in the next room. And we were like, (laughs) we're like, wait, why would there be two cigarettes? Maybe she's smoking two cigarettes at the same time. And then we checked on her, and she's, like, dead asleep. And we're like, where are these glowing eyes? Okay, and I knew it. I was like, we need to get rid of it. And then I sat down on the couch and the Lord was like, now you need to finalize it. You got rid of the idol, but you actually have to set your heart in order. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, I'm closing every single door. I do not want to have any access to my former occultic life. You cl- you cancel it. I rebuke it. I renounce it. And that's when the loud roar and the, the roar was just, oh, okay. it was, it was ridiculously loud. It woke up his mom, which we were glad because we were scared. And we were like, oh, you come here. But, <laughs> but another thing that happened was, um, when when the roar happened, it was it, he roared in defeat. It roared in defeat, and I knew it was right. like he's mad. He gotta go. Bye, bye, Felice, go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as as he roared, and then we could just feel we could feel it going out the window to the point of like the the curtains rustling. Okay, mm-hmm. and like my friend and I just looked at each other and we we're just like, all right, all right, it's done. We did it. Now we need to put some praise music on. We need to <laughs> walk around, give thanks to the Lord, glory, glory. And, um, and, and then I remember like, uh, a couple minutes later, you could hear sirens like around the corner. And I just had this sense of it. It was so mad that it had to go. It was just upset. It was. And then I just had this sense of like, it just going out into the street, prowling and just causing chaos. And discord oh because it was so upset. And we literally heard like sirens just a few minutes later. And I just I just connected the two. I remember just feeling right. like those two things are related. It's not here anymore. So it's causing problems somewhere else. And just giving thanks to God, God like this is not my life. I'm set free from this bondage. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to share another story with you. So <laughs> Jesus wooed me because he was powerful. And I was attracted to power because I felt so defenseless, defenseless and powerless for so long. Defenseless and powerless to Satan, to my abuser, to my family, you know, like it just. So that's why I usurped um, my power through through spells and occultic practices. And they did work. Like I mentioned in the last episode, like I did do bad intentional voodoo against whatever you want to call it. Um, and it worked. Huh? Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and then there was other things that I would do to my friends, and they would just know right away. Cynthia, you're in the next room. What are you doing? <laughs> and like they just knew to the point where I, when I got saved and like went back to all my friends, they were they were like, um, "What? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're what? And we couldn't even say God bless you after a sneeze when you were around. <laughs> That's how demonic I was." I was so oh angry goodness. and such an antichrist, like in a spirit of antichrist of like you, you, they, they told me, and I don't, re- I don't even remember this, but they told me that when they, when you would sneeze and someone in the, in the room, like all my friends would be hanging out and some, God bless you. Right. Mm-hmm. I would turn and look at them and say, and give them the, the stare of you don't say God bless you in, in my presence for a wow. sneeze. And so, so my friends were so shocked that I had converted to Christianity and I'm like, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and their people aren't even sneezing. No, and you're walking. God yes, bless you. I'm blessing everyone. Lord bless them. Shanda bless. And I'm, and they were so shocked because because they saw me and they knew me and and it was a testimony. And so mm-hmm. as a Christian, so I go back to my friends because we were oh man, we were just really and I want everybody to get saved. So I'm like this evangelist. I'm like I'm going back to my friends and I'm gonna preach to them. And when I got there, they were like, okay, they told me that. They said, wow, this is crazy because we couldn't say God bless you around you. But we're glad you're here because we've been having really bad things happening in our house. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I just I just came so you could say the sinner's prayer. Like, I didn't, I didn't come here to do no house exorcism. And, you know, at that point, I didn't, I don't have a, I didn't have a heart for children. You know, how because no, no, at that point, never, I was just no. so anti-children, like, keep them away, they're a nuisance. Um, 
and so there was two little girls two daughters that my friends had um they were married and they they had the girls upstairs sleeping and they were just going on telling me all these things that were happening in the house and how they were being tormented by by demons and they knew what it was and i was telling them the solution is jesus so you do you want to pray right now <laughs> you know like i'm right here let's let's do this you know um but no they just wanted me to fix the problem and i i and i was a new christian so i don't really know how this works you know like on on the other side <laughs> on the holy ghost side i'm, I'm trying uh -huh. to figure this out and walk this out and and god was trying to show me you are in me and you have authority and I've given you authority over, over the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so while I was in the house, I said, okay, so this is, that's really sad that you guys are experiencing all this stuff, trying to be empathic or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I got to go. Peace out. He's a, he's a chick track. Um, <laughs> but while I was in the house and while they were sharing with me, stuff started happening. And I don't remember the details. I don't remember the details of what, the reason why, let me tell you something. The reason why stuff was happening was because they were having, orgy drug parties okay this oh. is this is the stuff that i was involved in before i became a christian <laughs> so, i would have been there when that was happening but now i wasn't because i was born again and i was coming back to evangelize them and so they were they were telling me that they still did that stuff and i was like come on guys you guys got two daughters now you know like yeah stop um and while they're telling me all these things i just knew i was like you guys are inviting all sorts of things by doing that you need to stop and while they're talking Stuff was happening in the house. Like, you could just feel it. But here's what happens. <laughs> the babies upstairs started crying, screeching in this in this way where you're... It's not a normal, I'm hungry, or... And I don't know anything about kids, right? Mm -hmm. But I knew, I knew their sound, their screams, I knew their cries were... <clears throat> tormenting like they were they were in pain you know something yeah, is going on painful cry because yeah. there's a difference there, there's a, like, a huge difference in your cries i like i can hear one of mine crying and i'll be like okay she just got hurt you All know right, good. You, you know, know. Or, you, yeah you go that's awesome for real right that's how they communicate yeah. yeah and go ahead no you go ahead no i was i was just saying oh. there's a huge difference in the pain cry and then the hungry cry or the i'm upset cry so if you could tell it was it was huge yeah especially because i don't know i didn't know nothing about no kids back then and mm -hmm. so i looked at the mom who was my friend i looked at her and i was like are you gonna go check on her and she said no she was <gasps> so afraid she said no what and then i looked at the dad and was like are you gonna go check on them and they were like no we're not because they no. they were so afraid and they had been dealing with this for so long and they were just defeated by it and i just got so pissed at them <laughs> um yeah i just said what do you mean you're not gonna go upstairs to take care of them and they were like can you <laughs> <laughs> i was <laughs> and i knew what was going on with spiritual so i said i i mean something just rose up in me and i was just so mad and i was like nobody because because what happened in me was these these are vulnerable beings mm -hmm. and here they are being powerless right mm -hmm. and this mm -hmm. is something i experienced all of my exactly. life exactly. I, it's not gonna happen again on my watch no mm -hmm. and i was no this is this is not gonna happen to these girls and i started walking up the stairs because they were all the way in the top tippy top of the house and i started walking up the stairs and it was just this heavy i couldn't move my leg like it was like slow motion but heavy and I was just mm -hmm. trying to pick up my leg just to, to reach the next step and then trying to pick up the next step. It was just like something was just pushing me down, pushing me down, like pushing me down, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I finally reached the top of the stairs and I, I just knew it was, the, I looked into the baby's room and the baby is, her hands are like in the air and they're like mm. shaking. And when I saw her, I got so mad because I knew that devil was tormenting her. And I said, no, oh, you are not going to torment her. And I tried to walk in the room and he did not let me. He did not mm -hmm. let me walk into the room. And I, sa I said, you are going to let me into this room. And, and I could, but I couldn't speak. I, mm, I couldn't, they okay. put, they put a thing over my mouth. They, they yeah. tried it. And I, and I was like, that's fine. You could, you could cover my mouth. I will cry out in my heart. And I cried out in my heart. Right. I said, gee like my spirit man my inner man mm -hmm. just cried out and said jesus and as mm -hmm. soon as i said that in my spirit i didn't even have to say it out loud i just said it in my spirit and as soon as it broke the hold and i ran to those babies and i took i put them in my arms oh. and they and and they just stopped crying they stopped crying 
which is a big thing because I, I don't kids I don't never make kids stop crying <laughs> <laughs> they stop crying and then the, the little baby girl the little baby girl starts looking around the room and she starts smiling and she starts waving her hands and I said the angel the angel of the Lord is in this room right now mm-hmm. and then I said I could because she I could she could see like I could see her in her, her eyes she was just like visibly entertained by something that was around us wow. which was such a difference that that in the state she was in you know just a few moments ago and so I'm just praising God for that. I was so grateful. Thank you, Lord, that you are more powerful. Thank you, Lord, that, that you, these things will not torment these girls anymore. And so I I said, you know what? I got to go in all the house. <laughs> I'm going to go all the house. The whole house is going to get cleansed. So I got these two little babies in my arms. And I'm just walking around the house, just shoulder down, you know, <laughs> just like going to room to room. And um <laughs> just praying with these little girls in my arms. It was a such sweet, it's just a sweet experience that I had with the Lord. And then uh, I kept passing by. I had no, I didn't even notice it. It was, oh man, it was like a, a, a veil was hiding it. Mm-hmm. There, there was a door that I kept passing and I didn't even know it was there. I didn't even see it. And I didn't pray in that room because I didn't see that there was a room. It was mm-hmm. so bizarre. And finally I felt, like the Holy Spirit say, stop, stop, stop. Cause I kept walking back and forth, walking back and forth. And I stopped and I turned and it, there's this door and I, it was the attic door and the Holy ghost said, pray, pray in there. And I was like, I'm not going in there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so I was like, I'll stick my hand in Lord. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I'll stick my hand in. Then it's my big toe. Go for it. Yep. I opened it. <laughs> I opened up the door and that's where they went. That's where they went. Okay. Because I put my hand in. And again, you know, that feeling of like, like you can't, yeah. you know, you can't. So I put my hand in and I start praying, which is kind of hard because I'm holding these babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, like, put my hands in and I'm like <laughs> holding these babies. And all of a sudden, the stench of death just like right through me because I was praying in the room and my prayers, you know, Jesus, Holy Ghost entered in that room and that thing had to leave the room. So it went right through me and the girl passed me. And I knew that it was out of the room and I was like, it's gone. But I, the stench of death, it was like rotting. Like a, somebody just died oh. and decomposed. And it was like, I was like looking at the baby like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Now I don't want you to smell bad. <laughs> Poor girls. These girls been through so much. But I could smell it. Like I could smell the, the demonic presence. It was, it was visceral. But I knew that I had left that room. And I prayed in the attic with just my hand in there because I was not going to step in. <laughs> I was like, I did it. I said, Lord, I did it enough tonight. <laughs> I did, this is it. We're done. And I go downstairs, and no, but everybody was gone. Nobody was in the house anymore. What? I said, I, said, I must have. I prayed out all the demons that even the parents left. <laughs> the whole house is clean. Why gotta stay here with these babies babysitting them now? Because everybody left. <laughs> oh, I, I was like, okay, I prayed them out. All right, Lord, I see what you did. It was so ridiculous. So- so whatever happened with the um with the parents like I mean eventually they... they came back in and and they were like oh okay do you take you took care of it and I'm like yeah I took care of it repent <laughs> did they ever come to what, Christ one of them did that? one of yes one of them did yep cool. one of them did yes yes and amen one of them did <laughs> totally and so but <laughs> but what I feel like that experience was was it was a sweet experience that the Lord had me go through because he wanted to show me that he's more powerful and he wanted to show me that we do not have to be tormented and we don't we don't have to be oppressed and that, that you know how to clear a room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. And also the vulnerables that that's 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 the tactic is to attack the vulnerable and in the mm. in the feeble. You know, and I'm like, no, we're not, no, not on, not on Jesus's watch and not on my yeah. watch. So, yeah, yeah, that was a cool experience that I had. And, and the Lord t- showed me, and he showed me I had authority. Like I could use his name and like demons had to obey because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They had to flee. That's right. Uh, yep. So it was a good lesson for new Christians to learn, but it was like fired me up. I was like, oh, I got an authority over demons now. <laughs> yes. And then the Lord's I like. I so much with this. Yeah. And the Lord's like, don't rejoice that you have authority over demons rejoice that your name is in the my book and i'm like oh okay <laughs> but i got authority <laughs> lord <laughs> it was really neat yeah yeah that's awesome i know i like that story thanks was that it oh, i think that was it but you wanted to you want me to talk about if i help to heal from the molestation do you want me to talk about that yeah i mean if you want to you don't have to you don't have to because if because now that i know 
that he was in jail and you have some sort of I don't know if he still is but well I mean but I you, know that he went have, to jail yeah went. so you, the question you that, that you go ahead no you've got that closure of some sort yeah so what the question you asked me is if what have I done to help heal from the molestation yeah well the first thing was to actually admit that I was abused because there's a lot of um well, shame that's attached to it and a lot of all also self-blame, which is pretty common for victims of abuse, where you feel like you should have or could have avoided it or should have known better or you weren't strong enough or you weren't really abused. Maybe, you know, like there's this kind of cognitive dissonance or this type of denial that you have to live, that you have to appropriate because if you're not, you devast it's devastating. You know, the the effects of abuse are absolutely traumatizing and, and devastating. And I think a coping mechanism that that the Lord allows us to have is kind of just like denial so you can keep moving forward and not be this pile of brokenness, right? Mm -hmm. So I eventually I had, um, I started, a you know, a program of, of healthiness and healing and God, you know, wounding, I mean, mending my, my heart and all these things. But he didn't actually start, well, he started the work of healing the day I got saved. Absolutely. He's mm -hmm. faithful to complete the work that he started in me. But I didn't actually start addressing it, like allowing him to pinpoint it, that specific hurt in my life uh, until I got married, until mm. I got married. Because now I have a husband who loves me and cares for me and is there's not a shred of abuse in our relationship. And that's not what I'm used to, right? right. And so... One, it's super foreign to me. It's hard for me to receive. And it's also life-giving and healing in the sense that when my husband touches me, it's not to take or rob me of something. And right. and so it was actually being married. You, a lot of people say, well, you know, you got to be healed before you get married. And I, I think God can do a work through the marriage. And so I, as we got, you know, I got married and bringing in this baggage into our marriage bed, I realized this is this is an issue for me. And so I started to see a counselor and talking about it and, you know, assuming, you know, realigning the blame from myself to where it needed to be. Because one of the, the questions he had for me said, he said, well, you were 12. OK, so what would you say to a 12 year old that comes to you and saying said that they've experienced what you experienced? And I said, I would say it's not your fault. Like, oh, my goodness, let's let's mm -hmm. fix this. You know, we let's protect you. And then he said, can you say that to yourself at, tw at 12? And I couldn't. I, I just was like, no, mm. I couldn't because there's so much shame attached to that. But that that gave me a like a, an insight. Uh, oh, there's something there. Hmm. <laughs> why mm. am I so angry and why am I so defensive? And 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 so I talked through that with him for about six months. And I know people that go through counseling for years, um, but I only had six months worth of insurance. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, Lord, we got six months. We need to we need to work this Fix out. It. But, I mean, six months is your time limit. <laughs> right. It didn't get fixed in six months, but, but it did. There was a lot of, you know, processing that went through that was super helpful just to have someone kind of reflect back to me, you know, the feelings because mm -hmm. I, I didn't have much feeling about it. I just was like, yeah, that happened. He saw me do this and I saw him do this and he did this to me. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. you're saying these things like as if it's normal and it's not. So we should stop and pause and, and ask ourselves why. Hmm. And that was that was powerful for me. It wasn't even a Christian counselor. It was just just a really, you know, gifted processor person to help yeah. me process and kind of sift through my my feelings. But yeah, just working, just having Brian, you know, and being in marriage and being treated in a way that's uplifting and, and, and being made whole that God really used my marriage and he still is using my marriage to help me not feel shame in my sexuality and in my sexual expression because of the baggage that I had. There's one more thing um, about the healing that's actually a supernatural thing. Mm -hmm. Let me pull up the scripture. I know first. you're not tied on a computer to look up your Bible. Yeah. I should hear pages turning. I know. Okay. <laughs> so, um, when the Lord started putting his finger on my sexual abuse and how I needed to heal, allow kind of just allow him into that area of my heart. Mm-hmm was I remember vividly the day he he was like Cynthia this is this is something that we should talk about and I didn't I was like no we're good like no yeah no. I'm good I'm saved you know sanctified delivered hello <laughs> um but there's still like I said there's still baggage that that you I mean I don't even know a spiritual of term course. for it but just 
just spiritual and emotional sexual baggage that just occurs right so mm-hmm. the holy ghost was saying cynthia we should talk about this and I, i'm putting i want to put my finger on that if you let me so we can address it and i thought he's a tender god he's he's a gentleman and so i thought okay all right all right lord let's <laughs> we should we should but just a little like dip a little toe in you know <laughs> and he gave me so the experience that i had with my friend's stepdad was when i was 12 and that was the first time i ever interacted with a, a male authority figure a male figure and mm-hmm. as someone i remember i craved my dad so much i bought a ouija board to talk yeah. to him right and so when I hit 12, hit, hit puberty, and I start developing, <laughs> Satan brings in a man, a, an authority figure, who takes interest in me. And so my heart mm. is already craving this. My heart is just sucking this up, like soaking it up, and just, this is what I want, right? And I, I remember just feeling so special and being made, like, not only I, I felt like his daughter, but I felt like I was his friend. And, right. And so... But that came with a cost. It always comes with a cost. When when you when Satan gives you something, it it's perverted, and it and you and you pay more. You know, there's like that saying of mm-hmm. you know sin will cost you more or something like that. I don't even. Oh know. yeah. So, I was I was having his attention and his affection, but it came with a cost. During the day, he would give me attention. We would he would take me for drives and buy me milkshakes and let me stay up watching TV with him, and and that was what I craved, but then at night the price I paid was I had to let him touch me. That was him grooming you. Oh, absolutely. Yes. He he was grooming you from day one. And yeah. So oh, yeah. you know when and you then, wanted that attention and you wanted all this. Yeah. And then in in the night you. he would come in and I I mean of course you wake up because you feel, you know, what's going on. And I would, I would wake mm-hmm. up and he'd be like, I, I want, I want you to know that I just got home and I wanted to say goodnight to you. Like, again, that sense of no. Right. Right. No. Right. Mm. So, but so that sets the tone for how I relate to men. I, again, I've never related to men before. I don't know how this works. And all of a sudden this is how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. Or so I mm-hmm. think. And so the Lord told me when he decided to put his finger on, on this area of my heart, he said, that one experience dictate, dictated how you viewed yourself and how you viewed men. And so all my relationships after that, in order for me to feel love, there had to be some sort of sexual perversion in it, in it right? Mm-hmm. So I kept mm-hmm. finding myself in abusive and, and toxic relationships because of that first event. It kind of shaped, you know, like this is what's normal. Like, oh, you love me and you're giving me attention, so here I am. I have to give you this in return. And, yeah. the, and the Lord was basically saying, like, it's not your fault. He told me it's not your fault that you've believed this. And this is not your forever. This is not how you will continue to relate to men. And I remember feeling, because you remember that time I was, like, in toxic relationship back and forth, back and forth. Right. And I, the Lord was like, this is not your forever, and you don't have to relate to men anymore. You don't have to give something to get love. That's not right. how this works. And he, I remember I was on my knees in my room in that apartment, our apartment. And at that time you had already been married and moved out. And I had Cece living with me, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so so I remember being on my knees and just crying because of the tenderness of God and the promise of God of like, it's not your fault. Like he's the first person that said that to me. It's not your fault. And this is not your forever. And I opened up my Bible and he gave me Malachi 4, 2. And it says, but for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. And the image that I got was, you know, when what like calves in a stall, you know, they're locked up. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the image was like, that was me and my abuse and in my shame. And God's saying, no, 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 you're going to go out and you're going to frolic and I'm going to be your provision and you're going to be. Um, I'm going to rise with healing in my wings for you. Yeah. It, it was such a beautiful promise. Like those experiences that I've had with Lord, with the Lord, where he's opened up his word, where he's given me revelation, where he's comforted me. Those have like completely overshadowed any occultic, dark, demonic experience that I've ever had. That was life changing for me. You know, I walked away more whole and more in love with Jesus because of what I found in his word from my situation. And I think that's what I want to emphasize when people 
uh, are curious about the occult and are curious about supernatural things is the most beautiful and profound experiences you could have will be with him with the lord on this side of things right and and those like those are i cherish i I cherish that time you know because i mean to hear from the lord it's not your fault that was that's to me that's supernatural that's more supernatural than stupid led glowing lights (laughs) right come on now right (laughs) yes you take your led dollar store lights and you go somewhere else because the son of (laughs) the son of righteousness is rising with healings on his wings right now for me okay bye that's right and you're gonna start dancing like a fat heifer yes that's right frolicking frolicking like a well-fed calf yes that's true Mm -hmm. (laughs) hey i'm about to go do my dance right now when we get off this thing (laughs) right yeah get out of here with your leds Oh my goodness! Well, I love you. I love you too, and um, I I love engaging with you on these on these topics. And we always we always go deep. We always go deep, but we do. We still have fun doing it. We do. Reason. I know. Listen, I'm gonna go like a well fed calf and go eat some sherbet ice cream. <laughs> go frolic. I love you so much. I love you, and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to my inside conversation with my friend Lindsay Carlson from Alabama. It's such a joy to go more in depth and share about my experiences with the occult and supernatural realm and what the Lord has done. I love doing that. But what about you? What's been your experience with the supernatural? Have you had encountered the Lord in like amazing, profound ways? I want to hear about it. Let me know. Until next time, I'm Cynthia Beaudry, and this was a piece of my mind. P-A-C-E. Thank you for listening.